So today, I don't know if you follow or care, but today marked the NCAA allowing players to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. How much of the story have you kind of been aware of? Uh, I mean, I was aware of it in the context of, I'll tell you the last time I paid attention to this story, it was probably about a year ago when Tim Tebow went on like Fox News and said, I didn't get paid for my services when I was in college, nor would I want to. Because I went to college for the joy of playing amateur <laughs> athletics at the University boomer. of Florida. And so since that time, I've paid very little attention to it. But I understand that the Supreme Court's made a big old ruling or, or something. Yeah, they the NCAA yeah. basically was like, hey, we think it's legal for us to not pay our workers. And they were like, no, just like every other industry in the world, or at least in America, uh, you have to pay them. You have to pay them a fair wage. You got to let them, you know, make money and stuff. So then, after the after the Supreme Court shut down the shot down the NCAA, they quickly pushed forth some legislation in their own rules, and they said, okay, starting on July first, athletes can make endorsement money. And so basically, today the floodgates opened. All these different college athletes, not just the big football and basketball ones, but, you know, anybody who basically had ever anyone ever heard of or any local car dealership or, or sports drink, you know, vendor, anyone who cared to make a little bit of money off of them. They all a lot of them struck deals today. There are these two twins for Fresno State women's basketball, Sue smoking hot girls, Hannah and Haley Cavender that are like tiktok stars and they hadn't ever they have like millions of tiktok followers and they play basketball for fresno state and because of that they weren't allowed to have any marketing deals or any of that huh. stuff and today they were like in Times square like up on billboards in Times square being like ah we're you know we're cool we're making money now so i think it's uh i think it's ethically the right call i don't know how how crazy it's going to get with you know any sort of colleges trying to recruit people with ridiculous endorsement deals or whatever, but I think they deserve the money. Well, I mean, the reason this whole thing is ridiculous is that they've been doing that anyway forever. And the NCAA is a joke organization and the entire concept of amateur athletics is absurd, which is why I don't really pay attention to college sports (laughs) anyway. But I want to circle back to these TikTok girls because this to me is at the heart of the whole absurdity of this whole situation that because they play college basketball, even though they're like independently famous. Yeah. I I assume they're TikTok. They're not famous because they play women's basketball for Fresno State. Smoking hot and they dance around in bikinis and stuff on on okay TikTok. That's why they're famous. They're famous as bikini dancing girls and they also happen to play college basketball. Yep. And because they play college basketball, they're not allowed to make any money off of their TikToks. Yes. See, that's that's absurd. That's outrageous. This is America and that should not be allowed. How about this one? There's a there's a country singer for uh, his name is Will Ulmer, and he was not allowed to play to take money when he goes out to bars and plays his country music that he's been playing since he was eight. He wasn't even allowed to say, my name is Will Ulmer. He had to use an alias. And so now he plays for Marshall. And because he played Marshall football, he couldn't go out to bars at night and take tips. He literally couldn't take tips. The NCAA is dumb and the NFL is where it's at.
Welcome to It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom, an always sunny themed Chiefs podcast, the only one that exists in the world, in the universe. It's brought to you by Sports Illustrated's Arrowhead Report. As you know, our loyal listeners, I'm Austin, which you already know. You can find me on Twitter at RealBirdLawyer. If you are new to listening to this episode, welcome. Here with me, as always, is my man, Taylor Witt. Find him on Twitter at Taylor underscore Witt. Taylor, get off the TikToks. Get your head in the game. Dude, it is a very, very special episode number for our podcast. Oh, oh get hit me. It is episode 69. Now, when I look at my podcast app, it says that we've done like 72 or 73 yeah, episodes. So maybe, maybe lay it out for the listeners. I'll explain why. it. Yes, please. We had the John Elway episode or John Elway roast, which was cut into its own downloadable episode, even though I did not consider that a new episode that was sure a, that it was, was called from a previous existing episode correct. it was like a highlight correct and we had two emergency pods which are not episodes and we had the super bowl preview cut into part one and part two which i have considered one episode so that we mm. are now on episode 69 nice well episode number 69 is a momentous number and it's a great milestone for this podcast, and we appreciate making it this far. We're going to retire after this. We also have 69 <laughs> reviews. Did you see this? Yeah. We have 69 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I did. So 69 episodes, 69 reviews. We might as well retire now, but this is it. We're, we're plowing forward. We've got – we don't really have any news. I, no. Tyron Matthew has a new landscaping deal, if you, if you didn't hear that. Um, Master troll, man. Master troll. But what we do have is a mailbag, and we have a special artist chief mailbag, our man at Corio4, contributing a number of bangers for this episode. And then we have, uh, you know, a, another mail. mailbag. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have more mail from other listeners that aren't Corey, but are still awesome. But he sent us a bunch this week, and so we're going we're gonna to do like a special Corey segment, and then we're going to get into the other mailbag questions, and we're going to draft some stuff at the end, and, you know, it's going uh, to be a good time. By the way, Tyron Matthew follows me on Twitter now. He does. Speaking of a big him follow. getting a new landscaping deal, it is a big follow, and I think this was motivated by, I, I quote tweeted his troll tweet about the landscaping deal, and I said, if I was famous this is what my Twitter would be like. Like I just would literally be throwing out total troll posts all the time. And we talked about this before. Both of us would just be constantly searching our name and calling people to account. I I would get nothing else done. Yeah, right. Exactly. And to be honest, I don't think Tyron gets anything else (laughs) done either. I mean, he obviously is a very successful football player. He's got to be spending some time grinding and watching film, but man, he spends a lot of time roasting people on Twitter as do we. But we're not famous yet. Yeah. Let's get in this mailbag. All right. So like you said, we had Corey asked us a bunch of great questions. So we're going to fire off some of those. We're going to start with, so then we'll, we'll explain when it's not Corey, but uh, you can go back in time and kidnap one person from the NFL for a day. Who are you choosing and why? It could be a referee, a coach, a rival player. You can tell he's a Chiefs fan because he immediately started with referee. Uh, they would be removed from the day they would be removed the day before the game and returned unharmed. That's important. The day after the game. So keep in mind certain game outcomes that you'd like to affect from the past. Good, good layout of your terms, Corey. Um, I think the first player that I thought of, and I don't think this would maybe be the most effective, but I was, I thought D Ford might be a nice guy to, hmm. 
go back and I mean, I, I guess if I was being more effective, I would take Tom Brady away from the 2018 AFC championship. That's probably a more sure. likely outcome, but uh, you know, if D didn't really, uh, he didn't really have any big plays that game. And if he didn't sit off sides, then uh, chiefs would probably be two time Super Bowl champions out of the last three years. Boy. Well, I feel like the, immediate and incredibly obvious answer is to take Tom Brady away from the 2020 Buccaneers. I still think the chiefs could have lost that game. They could have, but I still think that that's an obvious choice. I mean, their backup was Blaine Gabbert. I don't know that the Blaine Gabbert led. I mean, I mean, I feel like if if the Chiefs win the 2018 AFC Championship game, they definitely beat the piss out of the Rams in the Super Bowl. So well, I, I guess agree. we're both arguing I, for a ring. I agree. We are both arguing for a ring. But listen, you're essentially killing two birds with one stone by taking Tom Brady out of the 2020 <laughs> I Buccaneers. See. I see. Because if Blaine Gabbert's the quarterback <laughs> in that game. And he wins the game. And well, he doesn't win the game. He I know, but if he does, it's still Tom Brady doesn't get a seventh. I feel like he, he is. But but what I was getting at, I was going a different direction with it okay, because I think okay. the other obvious choice that you could make, he said it could be a referee, and you said obviously he's a Chiefs fan because yeah. he went with referee. Yeah, we could take away Carl Sheffers. Yeah, I from the twenty twenty one Super Bowl. Yeah, twenty twenty season, twenty twenty one Super Bowl. Get your shit together and play all your games one season like baseball does. I know NFL, so it's you know it's easy. And nice and clean. That's the last time we'll ever talk about baseball in this pod. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's true. It's excommunicado. We're done with baseball forever. But if you take Tom Brady out of the Super Bowl in 2020, you're also taking away Carl Cheffers. Because let's face yeah. it, Blaine Gabbert's not getting those calls. <laughs> no. The Bucks defense that's backing up Blaine Gabbert, oh, they're getting called for holding. They're getting yeah. called for offsides. They're getting called for encroachment. The Chiefs pass rushers, when they hit the piss out of Blaine Gabbert, they're not getting flagged for that. It's Blaine Gabbert. Here, here's another thing, too. If you subscribe to the whole Tom Brady makes his teammates better and makes them care and makes his defenses better and all that bullshit, then, you know, Tom Brady doesn't play in that game. You really think that defensive lines is fired up to get after the quarterback when Blaine Gabbert's their quarterback? Nah. nah. No. Chiefs take him out of the game early. You know, I think it's – um. I think it's interesting. You could go a lot of different directions with this. And obviously, you know, with the, the recency bias here, I'm, I'm thinking primarily the 2020 season because yeah, yeah. You know, that's, it's still fresh on my mind. The, the uh, salt is still in the wounds, so to speak a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit outside of the box here. Okay. What if we took Eric Fisher out of the AFC championship game? Oh, and we kept just, him, like, put him, put him in a bub, some bubble wrap. That's pretty good. It, the Chiefs still beat the piss out of the Bills yeah. because they beat the piss out of the Bills in that game. Regardless that game was not going to be close, uh-huh. regardless of who was playing left tackle. The Chiefs were playing that game with backup offensive linemen. They still would have beat the hell out of the Bills because the Bills didn't have a pass rush. That's, That's pretty the, compelling. The Buccaneers had. I really like that. Um, quickly do a non-Mahomes era player. I mean, obviously, the first one that comes to my mind is Lynn Elliott. Sure, yeah. You know, take I him mean, out of that playoff game. It doesn't really matter who's kicking. The problem is who who's the backup kicker, right? Who, who like cares? If, if the punter. Take a, well, if you take it, but I mean, the, I know it's I know the insinuation here is that you can't do worse than Lynn Elliott, which is right. true, but you can do as bad as Lynn Elliott, right? Like he's still a professional kicker. Yeah, but I and, bet the Chiefs would have gone for more of them instead of kicking no, field goals. It was, the, it was Marty Schottenheimer in the nineties. Yeah, Are you no, kidding me? Marty Ball. But They're if not, he had a punter and a kicker, maybe he would have. I don't think so. I yeah. I think they still and and. 
to be fair, some of those field goals were, I mean, they weren't all gimmies, you know, there was at least one chip shot in there that he, that he biffed, but sure. uh, at, least, at least one of them was a legitimate field goal that, you know, people in the nineties missed with some regularity. So yeah. So non Mahomes era chiefs, I think I'd have to go with. Mm, Take Andrew Luck out of the wildcard game. You know, maybe, but it's tough because pre Mahomes, it's not like taking one player out of a game is the difference between winning yeah, the Super, the Super Bowl, Bowl yeah. and not winning the Super Bowl, right? For like sure. you take Andrew Luck out of that wildcard game, obviously the Chiefs end up beating the piss out of the Colts, but to what end, right? Oh, um, I've got it then. Take Peyton Manning out of the playoff game that the Chiefs, that nobody ever punted. I like that. Take Peyton Manning that team out of the rocks. That seems like an obvious choice. And that team, if you take the Colts out of the equation, the AFC that year – yeah, I like it. I think that could be a good one. I think that's probably the right choice for a non-Mahomes year Chiefs. Now, what about going back to Montana and removing his obstacles? Like you take out, they lost to the Bills in the AFC Championship game that year, yeah, correct? Yeah, so take out Jim Kelly. Take out Jim Kelly. Yeah, it's pretty good. And Joe Montana takes the Chiefs to the Super Bowl in 94? Yep. And, and maybe wins one? Yeah, probably so. You know, the other thing that I would be tempted to do if we're talking about non-Mahomes era anything. Yeah. I was going to say take John Elway out of the Broncos, but <laughs> Bubby Brister would have just taken them to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl as a backup. But that actually would be pretty compelling in its own right. Because if Bubby Brister came in and played the Super Bowl and won one of those rings with Shanahan, then people wouldn't talk about John Elway like he's some sort of godlike player. And yeah. he would be one and three in the Super Bowl instead of two and three. <laughs> so that actually is still pretty that's still pretty good. You and could he, you could take Terrell Davis out of the Super Bowl and then he wouldn't have won a sec a Super Bowl and then he'd be two and six instead of three and five. Or yeah, sorry, or instead of two and six instead of two be and one three, and seven. He's, he's two and three. Oh yeah. yeah. Two and three. Super Bowl. He'd be one and four. Eight. Yeah. He'd yeah. be one and four, which yeah. would be I mean, that would be, that'd be terrible. Side note, the Bills, did you see these Bills fans on Twitter the other day that were talking about how no one's ever made four straight Super Bowls before? Oh, I did. I did. I I couldn't believe it. it. I thought it was a joke at first. I mean, it might've been a joke, but it was a very funny joke because obviously they, they lost all four of those Super Bowls. That was a great question, Corey. Really appreciate that one. We've got one here. Fuck, Mary kill. Appropriate for episode 69. Uh We got Steven Nelson. Ugh. We got Orlando Scandrick <laughs> and Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> okay, so I'll start. Um, I'm going to fuck Le'Veon Bell. Number one, do you remember that like video that he posted of like the t- two gorgeous girls in bed with him or whatever it was? You know, oh, he, yeah. The man leads a lavish lifestyle. <laughs> All right. You know, he took a whole year off. I just, uh, he's a jerk, but I think he would be, you know, he, he'd be fun. Um, but on the other hand, he also has the most money. I'm, I'm changing my answer. That's, I'm marrying, that's why I was going to marry Le'Veon. Yeah. I'm marrying Le'Veon Bell for the money. For sure. 100%. Yeah. But also for the babes, like, he, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got some side action. I could probably have some side action in there. Everybody would have side action. It, it'd be, it'd be good. So <laughs> kill. Kill I or kill, fuck Steven Nelson, or Orlando. Uh, I think you got to kill Orlando Scandrick. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Kill he sucks more than Steven Nelson did. Steven Nelson yeah. was, you know, he said the thing about this is my favorite team I've been on or whatever, but like Orlando Scandrick was a complete asshole way more you than know, Steven Nelson. 
side sidebar on Steven Nelson. Okay. We did not talk about this last week, I don't think, but this is a bit of news. Did you see that he was practicing with a Chiefs He's a free agent and he was practicing with the Chiefs helmet? I loved it. On Twitter. Yeah. And the comments section. <laughs> Get that helmet off. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that, ruined was, it. That, was, that was nuclear. Yeah. They were it like, like oh, a, you didn't show the part of the video where that wide receiver, that no name wide receiver yeah. burned you down the field. And yo, they were killing it. Oh boy. That was an all time showing by Chiefs Kingdom. I wonder if that tweet is still up. If it is, you guys <laughs> got to go check out that comment section because it was. It was magic, but I think fuck Steven Nelson, kill Orlando Skandrick. That's, yeah. that's good. Yep. So Corey's next one was, would you be a fall guy for Patrick Mahomes knowing that you'll be put away for his entire career and the prison has no televisions? Ugh. I mean, can someone else just be his fall guy if it's not us? Like, is it us or Patrick Mahomes goes away? Are you making us choose between? Cause if that's the case, I mean, I'll probably take a fall for Pat if it's the only way but there's got to be another way. Yeah. I mean, you can look for loopholes here, but this, this question is pretty cut and airtight. It's, it's cleverly, it's tightly worded. Can Pat break me out of prison? Yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, I think that the answer to this is I, I, I would, if I'm being put away for his entire career, so that doesn't mean I'm going to prison for life. No, it means I'm going years. to I'm going to prison for 15, 20 years. Yeah. Okay. Prison has no TVs. He's going to have an amazing career. He's going to bring joy to so many people. And listen, you don't you don't get nothing as a fall guy. The whole <laughs> point of being a fall guy is that there's something in it for you. Okay. What's like, in it for you? What's in it for you? So. You're obviously earning the lifelong affection and undying loyalty of Patrick Mahomes. And so when you get out of prison, yeah, he's retired. You've missed his entire career. But, like, I could still watch those games when I get out of prison. (laughs) Like, it will suck to not watch them live, but I will still get a lot of joy out of it. And when I get out of prison, I'm going to be set for life. He's going to set me up. You're going to be a hero. I'm going to be a hero. And – I'm going to get to enjoy all those games when I get out of prison. This is a really hard question. I had to think about this one for a while. I think that's the closest thing that we get with this question to a loophole. I will do it. But when I get out in 15 years, I'm going to watch all those games anyway. It's going to suck to not, you know, get to live them live. I'm going to be like that Japanese soldier fighting out on an island. You know, <laughs> that's like, good. That's good. What year is it, et cetera, so on and so forth. I'm going to get out and I'm just going to, you know, it would be kind of fun too in the way that, in this current era of streaming television is it's kind of fun to binge stuff, right? Like yeah. get out of prison and you've never seen any Patrick Mahomes highlights. Like obviously getting to watch them live would be amazing, but it would actually be kind of <laughs> cool and badass to like watch 17 years of Patrick Mahomes games that you've never seen yeah. in a row. It'd be nuts. I'm actually like getting kind of <laughs> geeked about it. I'm actually like kind of into it now. Uh, I, I would, I would just, <laughs> I mean, it would be an amazing experience, right? Just to sit down and just watch his entire career straight through. Yeah. Which, by the way, when he retires, we should actually do this. <laughs> oh, I'm planning on it already, for I sure. I mean, we should just take uh, – I mean, maybe we'll be retired by then. Who yeah. knows? Podcast makes it big. We're billionaires. <laughs> We're chilling on a beach somewhere. And we just do a month where we yeah. just watch through every single game straight through for his entire career. That's a great question, Corey. Really like that one. So then this next one – we're done with baseball on this show. It's excommunicado. It's banned. Mm-hmm. We're going to dive into the realm of soccer, which is not, you know, a realm that we dive into very often. No. 
But Corey asks, if you had to start an MLS team out of active Chiefs players, who would you pick and why? It won't affect their NFL careers in any way. So that's important. So I'm going to start and I'm going to take Harrison Bucker as my number one. <laughs> right. And I'm taking, I'm taking Tommy Townsend. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start with the two guys that kick footballs for a living. <laughs> yeah. that, that seems like an obvious choice. Uh, obviously, a lot of kickers and punters, for that matter, come from soccer backgrounds. So those two guys are a must. Now, I feel like since it won't affect their NFL careers in any way, I yeah. feel like Patrick Mahomes is is a, an obvious choice. Obviously, he probably would be the best soccer player ever. He probably would be, and he probably is. He just doesn't. He just doesn't play it. I I think he's an obvious choice for a number of reasons. Obviously, we pick Patrick Mahomes for everything. Yeah. Whenever we're asked to send players to help the Royals. Yeah. Whenever we're asked to draft the basketball team or whatever it is, he's the guy. He's good at everything, and he it's would probably be great at soccer. You know, Brittany is. Uh, she was a college soccer player, so obviously she's. I'm sure shown him some moves and uh, could mentor him and tutor him in the ways of soccer. Oh, they've got a lot of good the... soccer mentors. They've owned the women's. Oh, uh, sure. Totally. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're set up. I forget what it's called exactly, but the women's soccer uh, league in some Yeah. There's a, there's a women's soccer team in Kansas city and yeah. Brittany and Patrick own it. They're yeah. the owners because you know, they're, they're the shit. Uh, any other guys that we would have? I mean, I feel like Tyreek. Tyreek. Tyreek was my next. Um, because obviously he's good at everything. Athletic. Fast. He's, he's very fast and he's very, he's very nimble. Um, we're obviously experts on how soccer is played and the kinds of skills that you need to be successful at it. Right. Clyde. That's an interesting one. Defend. Well, you know, he's uh, he's kind of short and stout, but quick. And uh, I just feel like he's got the agility to be able to weave in and out of traffic and stuff and do some running back and, and playing soccer, I feel, are very similar in like their pace. Like you run furiously and then you kind of stop for a second and then you run again. And um, again, not a soccer expert, but I, I feel like running back's a good uh, good parallel there we're really selling our soccer expertise i would say <laughs> i would say so for we need a we need like a goalkeeper i honestly couldn't even name all the on a soccer field for you see i was gonna go with chris jones um oh, yeah i mean he's huge and the ability that he has to swap passes you know at the yeah. last scrimmage he's known for that yeah and i feel like that would be a really good skill to have in a goalkeeper you know his massive size but also his his agility and his ability to get up and bring the ball down is just his ball instincts i feel like he'd be very successful at that yeah and he's um, six six you're really not going to get a ball in there even if he isn't doing much yeah and he's got the bulk too so you know he can lay out for one i think uh -huh. that would be good tyron would probably be an excellent soccer player. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. I would. mean, not only, not only would he, I would assume, and I'm, I don't mean this as a slight tyrant. If you do end up listening to the <laughs> podcast now that you follow me on Twitter, but I feel like one of the things that soccer players are known for is their flopping and their ability to get calls from the referees. They and are. that's not something that comes into play as much in football, but I feel like Tyron's the kind of guy that, that he would be very sneaky about getting calls. Like he'd be, He'd be pushing people after the whistle and, you know, he'd, he'd just be getting his shots in there. Right. Yep. Um, he just has the, the smarts. I feel like he's one of those guys that has the intelligence to be he's too smart. Yeah. He is too smart. You know, I, I think he would be carded quite a bit for his, his excessive celebrations, but I think, I think he would be a good one too. Anybody that were missing, like who would be good at, who would be good at soccer? I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
these are all world-class athletes in their own rights. But uh, I think we've covered a lot of the cliche body types. So, you know, what about, uh, what about like, uh, what about like Willie Gay? That's who I was just about to say. He, uh, the linebackers in general, I feel like linebacker might be a unimportant uh, football position, I guess. But um, I think that their combination of, they feel like they'd be good at like both offense and defense, which you need in soccer. You need to be able to cover people. And then when someone kicks you the ball, actually do something with it. And I feel like linebackers are versatile enough that I could see Willie Gay being a pretty good soccer player. Yeah, and typically not necessarily with the Chiefs linebackers, but in general, linebackers <laughs> have quite a bit of athleticism <laughs> yeah, right. and ranginess and, you know, the um, the side-to-side movement and also the long speed that you need. Now, Willie Gay is the guy on the Chiefs that does actually kind of fit that mold. Yeah. I think uh, I think we've got a pretty good team there. Now, yeah. how many players are there on a soccer team? 11. Do you think we've – I think we probably have named 11 guys. So I think we're good on the soccer question and probably good on soccer questions forever <laughs> from, from here on out. But I appreciate yeah. Corey for giving us the opportunity to uh, take a little jaunt over into the beautiful game. <laughs> nice. And Corey's last question for us is a Lord of the Rings Ka-ka. question. Kaka, as he's known for, he said, why did Sauron just grab at a seal door? He had him dead to rights, which is a great question that I never really even uh, gave much thought to when they do the flashback in Lord of the Rings and they show how Isildur actually defeated Sauron. He Sauron steps on his sword and breaks it. And then he picks up the piece and Sauron just holds his hand out at him. Like he's going to choke him or something. And Isildur slices at it and cuts his fingers off and separates the ring from him and beats him. And I don't really know why Sauron didn't just, destroys Isildur right there maybe in some way there's something about that moment that like compelled Sauron to lose like he didn't know it but he it was just like fate or destiny or some shit I don't know yeah I mean it's it's like uh it's like plot armor but I mean I think the answer is that the the hubris of the ring probably clouded his judgment um as uh as dark magic tends to do Corey is dming me right now because he's making some cool limited run posters with uh some of his artwork plus our logo they're gonna be cool they're they're in the experimental phase but i did want to give him a special shout out he did some great giveaways for us early on in the life of the podcast if you guys don't follow him on twitter go follow him at choreo for the artist chief thanks for all of your questions this week Corey. you are the man yeah for sure so our next segment of the mailbag for the other awesome birds of war that we appreciate, Kaka. we've got unknown caller Kaka. <laughs> and uh, he had two for us this week. His first one was, what are some other podcasts that you two like to listen to? My other favorites are last podcast on the left and Dan Carlin's hardcore history. That's what unknown caller said. Um, I've said this, I think a couple times probably before on the pod, but I don't really listen to other podcasts. I, I just don't, I don't know. It's, it's strange because I make one, but maybe I'm like too close to it or whatever. I, I just, I don't really have much of a desire to listen to other podcasts. Well, I listen to quite a few other football podcasts, although this is the time of year that, uh, that there's not much going on with the other. Football <laughs> yeah. So podcasts. we appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> we do, we do. And uh, this is why I've been, you know, tweeting about um, uh, Zeppelins and things like that lately. I've, I've just been listening to books and things uh, you know, I have listened to hardcore history as well. Um, Dan Carlin does a great job with that series. The nice thing about those podcasts is that they're kind of, you know, it, it's like a season almost, you know, of, of a podcast where you can go in and, 
go through all of his pods on historical events. So he did a really good one on World War One, which is the most interesting war, more interesting than World War Two. For those of you out there that are like, yeah, World War Two history. Hey, it's cool. It's interesting. But World War One history is more interesting than World War Two history. So go check that out. That's a really good podcast series. A lot of things in there that maybe you don't really think about quite as much when you're just sort of a casual consumer of history. But I mean, lots of interesting characters involved there. Rasputin makes mm. an appearance. You know, he's he's over there controlling things in Imperial Russia. You've got the advent of the airplane, the first aerial bombers. You've got Zeppelins. You've got trench warfare. You've got the first tanks. You've got battleships fighting each other on the open ocean. It's a very interesting war. It's a very interesting podcast series. You know what song um, you just put in my head? What? Ra Ra Rasputin. Yeah, of course. Lover yes, of the by, Russian Queen. Yeah, by Boney M. That's a that's a good one. I'm glad. Thank you for TikTok for bringing that one back. That apparently was in some Nintendo. It was the Switch or the Wii or something like a dance game. Oh, funny. Like ten years ago, and so they brought it back. I assume that's how the TikTok generation uh, discovered it, and then they were doing you know a Rasputin dance challenge on TikTok. Still, have never downloaded that app. Uh, I, uh, I just sort of vicariously experience it through, you know, the ones that leak out to my old man forms of social media, Twitter and Facebook occasionally sure. when I'm feeling super old manny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I do like hardcore history as well. Football podcast wise, you know, I listen to all the chiefs podcasts out there from time to time. You know, I, I pretty regularly listen to some, I occasionally chime in on others. Um, and then um, of course, around the NFL, we've talked about, my love for that show um, before. And unfortunately right now on hi- hiatus, uh, but the Yahoo NFL podcast um, with Therese was amazing before he passed RIP. Yeah. Um, ugh, that was, that was a dark place that that turned to, but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. Love that question. Love podcasts. I do listen to other podcasts. So there's a, a second part to this question. Suppose you could have any member of the gang from it's always sunny in Philadelphia, be your companion. You can always hang out and party, but you must share a bed, ass to ass, of course, and they will do all the cooking for you. Who do you pick? Well, uh, I love, and the gang, first of all, just so we're clear, is the five mains. That is not, right. you know, the outside cricket and Artemis and all of them, they're not considered part of the gang. The gang is Charlie, Mac D, Dennis, and Frank. And of those five, um, I. I have a really interesting pick here, I think, or at least one that I wouldn't have guessed I would go with right away, but I'm going with D. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going with D for a couple of reasons. Number one, I do think she's hilarious. I think that she doesn't, you know, that co- come across in the show maybe as, uh, you know, like confidently hilarious or whatever, but like, I, or I guess she's overconfidently hilarious, but I think D's really funny. And I think that, if she was cooking all the food, then she would be a better cook than any of the other four guys. And I don't know, I'd feel more comfortable sleeping in the same bed with D than I would any of the other psychos. So uh, I, I picked D surprisingly to, to myself. Yeah. That's surprising to me as well. I, I don't, I don't agree with your choice. I, sure. I understand that you're uncomfortable sleeping in a bed with another man, but it's ass to ass. <laughs> I'm picking Frank and it's an obvious choice for me. Uh, number one, he's already comfortable sleeping in a bed with another man because he, he regularly shares a bed with his young sleeping partner, Charlie. <laughs> and, 
you know, Frank's the guy to hang out with. He's got all the money to fund all the schemes. And so, you know, if I wanted to, you know, go hang out in a suite and watch the Chiefs or whatever, I'm sure Frank could accommodate that. If I wanted to go out to the uh, the club and, you know, try and pick up some whores <laughs> and do the, do the move, he could accommodate that as well. Yeah. I also think that, I mean, he, he, I don't know how good of a cook Frank himself would be. Uh, we We don't have a lot of information about the gang as chefs. We know that D is, we don't really know much about D. We know that Mac can't really cook because in moves to the suburbs, he's always making Mac sandwich, Mac and cheese from a box. More on that later. Charlie, uh, he slaps Frank's meats on a radiator on a hot plate. So, you know, he, he, he's proficient. Yeah. Grilled Frank. Yeah. Grilled Frank. And he's also grilled Charlie. Well, grilled Frank and grilled Charlie's from a different episode. I was thinking from Manhunters, he he slaps oh. a piece of meat on the radiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And heats totally. it up in its own natural juices. He also has invented some recipes like milk steak. So he he's an intriguing option for me. He probably would be my number two. But <laughs> I think regardless of how good Frank himself is at cooking, Frank could always hire, you know, like a live-in cook. Now he yeah. doesn't want to because he wants to slump. Yeah. But I think the opportunity to engage in shenanigans that I would find enjoyable (laughs) me personally, that would require some capital and Frank's got the capital. There are no live-in cooks under the bridge with Duncan. That's for sure. That's true. There's not, not, not with the bridge crew. All right. So thank you for that question. Unknown caller. Those were great. Um, One we've got here coming up from Jason on our discord. Jason gave us two of them. And uh, this first one I, I liked quite a bit. This was, imagine an always sunny in Chief's Kingdom restaurant. Each menu item is a pun from a sunny episode or from the Chief's Kingdom. What is your three-course meal? All three items cannot be from the same source. So he means don't pick three sunny items or three Chief's items. I did you one better, Jason. I picked three sunny and Chief's puns for my, for my meal. So here's the sunny Chief's, um, I guess, concoction that I'm going with. To start off. We're going to start with Fat Max Chiefy Chongas. And those okay. are the, those are Fat Mac. He had a trash bag full of chimichangas that he was scarfing down. He, you know, Dennis said, you're becoming a chimichanga. That's a that's our our first course. It's got chiefs in the title. So fits us great. And along with Fat Max Chiefy Chongas, he's going to be eating out of Anthony Sherman's sausage pocket. So that's I like that. That's good. That's yes. good. <laughs> so Frank's got a a shirt in uh, Gang writes a or writes a movie, and he's eating sausage links just directly out of the pocket of his shirt, and it's just a fantastic little bit there with Frank. And then for the second course of the meal, a piping hot plate of spaghetti, and so <laughs> that is of course spags being Steve Spagnolo and the piping hot plate of spaghetti. Spaghetti actually comes up twice hilariously in the show. The first time is when they tie the waiter's shoelaces and he they spill spaghetti on him and it's a it's a hole. And then he comes back later and he tells the gang that I'm the guy that you spilled spaghetti on. And Dennis has the one of my favorite lines that I forgot about, which is I'm to remember every man I've seen fall into a plate of spaghetti, <laughs> which I love. So I thought you were going to say the which is spaghetti day. policy. Well, that's the second. Yeah, sure. okay. Spaghetti you, comes you up were, twice. You were looping yeah. them both together. I guess. Yes, you. correct. And then that was and then one the second. Thing. The second thing is the Charlie has a spa day, but he thinks they're saying spaghetti day. So anyway, so that's the piping hot plate of spaghetti, and we're going to finish off with James Winchester's long snapper, 
which uh, the snapper fish is a great bit also from Gugino's, which is our favorite Always Sunny restaurant that they go to all the time, where they ask, you know, what, uh, give me the snapper, Bozo. It says here, fresh fish daily. And the waiter keeps telling them that there's no fish and they, they keep ordering the snapper. And on the side of the snapper, we're going to have the Omari Cobb salad. Now, Omari ah. Cobb is a depth linebacker that probably a lot of people aren't super familiar with, but the Cobb salad, of course, is a great bit between Frank and Artemis where Frank says, we likes to, we like to put bacon bits in Artemis's hair and they rain down on me while we bang. And Artemis says, I feel like a Cobb salad. So that's, uh, that's my, my three course meal, Fat Max Chiefy Changas, Anthony Sherman sausage pocket, piping hot plate of Spag's Getty, James Winchester's long snapper and Omari Cobb salad can't possibly top that nor would i want to those are those are all great choices i would uh, like to point out some chiefs players that make fantastic puns while i'm here what because what is a pun what is a pun <laughs> nice so we've got uh, three players that we literally don't even have to change their name and they're already c- cooking related and that's of course taco charlton byron pringle and deandre baker all three sure. of them could just fit into any of these little things but then we've also got anthony kitchens We've got Joshua Kane Donut. We've got Maurice French Chef, Harrison Butternut Squash, Orlando Brown Sugar Cinnamon, Doris Chocolate Fountain, Bo Pete Key Lime Pie, Corn on the Powell, and Prince Tiga Wanna Go Eat. Some of these corn on the Powell. That 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 that's that's the only one that's questionable. Uh, All on, the rest no, of them that, were bangers. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll let the audience decide that. You can tweet at us and tell us if those were bangers or if they were terrible. My vote is that they were mostly terrible. But you know what? It's fine. We have What's a live list, question. Austin? What's your list? I didn't come up with a list. I, yeah. I was lazy this week. Fuck you. Yours, your list was too good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got one coming to us live from our Discord server while we record this uh, from OUSAS or OUSAS, OU Special Air Service, <laughs> as we like to call him. Kaka! Andrew Two questions. One of which we're going to answer this week, and one of which we're going to save for next week, so that we can give this its proper due and think about it, and not answer it as we record. Favorite superhero theme music? Now you're the superhero guy, so yeah. I'll let you answer this first. Your sure. favorite superhero theme music? Um, I really, really, really like Wonder Woman's theme. It's very like Amazonian and stuff, but always the. <laughs> It's it's a good thing. I like Wonder Woman. Just go rip it off YouTube, throw it into the show later, and we'll hope that we don't get any copyright complaints for that. I love it. I'm going to take a different tack with this question. And I'm thinking about superhero movies and which ones have great soundtracks. And so, oh, okay. Not the know, same, not, but sure. Not necessarily. <laughs> Kiss by a rose. <laughs> superhero specific themes. Well, that is a good one. For I the know. Most, the most sensitive of the Batmans, <laughs> as Jack Black uh, said in his live performance of it once. Have you ever seen that? Jack Black performing <laughs> Kiss from a rose? No. You need to Google this later. He did it sensitive. on like he did it on like American Idol or something like I, as a gag. He yeah. kind of came out and did it and said, "I'm going to be performing a theme from <laughs> Batman Forever, Forever. Or whatever yeah. it is, Forever, yeah. the most sensitive of the Batmans." <laughs> and he, you know, it's it's a good it's a good gag. It's a good gag. Um, Kiss from Roses is a good choice. No, uh, is that really Batman's theme though, or is no. that just the movie theme? I okay, just see, thought 
movie yeah, theme sure. or movie right. soundtrack. And... I said I was going in a different direction with it. I'm going with Watchmen as the ah, movie. Okay. Because Watchmen just has a really great use of contemporary music in its yeah. soundtracks from the opening credits, which has a song by Bob Dylan, which I normally hate. Uh, but the times they are changing over this montage of the the Minutemen, the precursor to the Watchmen, and the the whole alternate history of the Watchmen universe, where Richard Nixon's been elected president like five times, yeah. and U.S. wins Vietnam because Doctor Manhattan goes and like vaporizes all the Viet Cong soldiers and so on and so forth, and the comedian assassinates Kennedy, and all these different fun historical events sort of played out in the context of this alternate world, which you only see in the opening credits, other than the ripple effects that it has on the universe that we learn about in the story. Uh, just a great use of music in that movie and then uh, you know the closing credits uh first we take manhattan by leonard cohen a great song it's got a great use of leonard cohen's hallelujah in that movie in a very awkward superhero sex scene which you don't see yes. very often you know we we heard that batman uh, doesn't engage in the uh the oral sex a couple weeks ago did you see that little gem drop of, in the of course news? yeah of i course. watched the show that they removed it from and i was uh, a little disappointed i mean that... you know yeah sure you were yeah i mean sure you can find that content somewhere on the internet but <laughs> rule 34 that's gonna, yeah that's gonna be my answer to that question andrew we appreciate that and then the second question which we'll just tease for next week what songs would you give to chiefs players as theme songs slash walk-up songs oh that's this a great deserves, question this one deserves some thought so we're gonna save this one for next week because i just pulled this sec this question from our discord three minutes ago yeah. so we're gonna take some time to think about that one let it you know simmer a little bit and we'll answer that one next week. I love it. So Jason also, his second uh, Discord question for Ka-ka. us, Kaka, was draft your favorite It's Always Sunny in the Chiefs Kingdom memories slash moments. Oh, so we've had for episode 69. It is. And we've had a lot of really, really good ones. So um, I. Who's picking first? I get the first pick. No, you get the first pick. I had the first pick last time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you thank go. God. Nice. That's good because I'm going to take. I'm going to take. I'm going to take episode one off the board. Yeah. Listen, this, this put us on the map. This, this sort of set the tone for the content that we strive to create and bring to you every week. It's the John Elway roast. It's, it's one of the best things we've ever done. Now there are are a lot of great things that we've done. And for you new listeners, this list may hopefully inspire you to go back and check out some of the back catalog, some of the gems from the past, Mm -hmm. but the John Elway roast in episode 1.1 of it's always sunny in chief's kingdom was an absolute banger. It inspired a Twitter thread, which essentially was just a transcript of the roast that I put into Twitter form in 140 characters consecutively it's it's like a it's like a 40 or 50 tweet thread it's a monster but that really helped put this podcast on the map it was uh, it was great content and that is my number one always sunny in chief's kingdom memory slash moment episode one we peaked instantly and we've never reached those peaks ever again we haven't sadly and we're always driving for it yeah, that's right. Um, the second moment that I will take, or I'll take two overall, my first one, is the Seth Kaiser interview. That interview was fantastic. Seth had no idea the little get the bit that we were going to do with the court. Like, we asked him to come on. We, we told him we were going to talk Chiefs and stuff. But Austin basically 
told him five minutes before he was coming on, like, Hey, you're going to, you're going to arbitrate some cases and it's going to be fun. And we're going to do our thing. Like we didn't script that out. That wasn't something that Seth practiced or whatever. It was as off the cuff and brilliant as anything that's happened on this podcast. And Seth absolutely nailed it from start to finish. I was the whole time. Basically I had my mic muted and was just giggling. I mean, it was, it was perfect. It was literally perfect. Um, So that's the second pick. And then the third one, we have a lot of really, really good, solid moments. I'm going to go with destroying the 1999 draft class. Mm. I just had a lot of a lot of fun doing that. It was it, it was one of the most highlighted by one of the most ridiculous trades in NFL history, where the Saints traded their entire draft class for Ricky Williams, who didn't even go as the first running back off the board in '99. It was wild, and we just I thought we had a lot of fun during that. And I just remember while we were recording that thinking that that was super fun and and funny. Yeah. So now it comes back to me for the fourth and fifth picks. And I'm going to take in a similar vein, you know, one of the things that we like to do on this show, that's kind of in our wheelhouse that, that I feel like we produce really good content for is when we get these little research projects and bring you guys some interesting facts with our own sort of personal flair on them. Uh, The 1999 draft class roast certainly was one of those, but I really enjoyed the episode where we drafted berserk football stats. (laughs) That was not a user submission. That was, that was, uh, that was an original that we came up with and we independently spent a week researching just the most (laughs) ridiculous things about football that we could find, not even really chiefs related. In fact, none none of the ones that made our top (laughs) 10 were chiefs related. We had some honorable mentions in there, Um, but that was an incredible, episode we brought you the we brought you several case studies from the 1940s nfl yes which is just absolutely bananas we had the 70s bills i think the 73 bills which rushed for more than twice as many rushing yards as they had passing yards That's right and had like three times as many rush attempts as they had pass attempts that was an insane team we had like the 40s lions which had like a one to 43 (laughs) touchdown interception ratio or something like that it's absolutely bananas uh that was a really good one we had a player for the vikings whose name i can't remember now but he was their quarterback in super bowl four and he was traded from the cfl to the nfl and that wasn't (laughs) even the craziest thing about him then he had a six touchdown game which was like one third of his career touchdown passes and then he got the highest contract in the league and then he got fired by the patriots and he just quit and he never played football again it was insane that was a great episode so that's going to be my pick at number four at number five of course i love the trial content you can't get that anywhere else on the internet where else can you find a show that presents to you news and entertainment about the chiefs in the form of a you know a legal thriller slash comedy and when Derek Carr's secret burner account, Jace Frost, was uncovered (laughs) last summer, and we put him on trial to determine whether this was his true identity. Boy, that was – that's one of those things that, you know, people forget that Derek Carr even had a burner account, okay? You know, you say Jace Frost. Some people will get it. People that are very online and are very plugged into everything that happens, they remember that week. But to live it at the time – and I'm sure that if we go back and listen to the episode again, I'm sure it holds up, but it was just a fantastic back and forth. I presented some extremely damning evidence <laughs> that Derek Carr was in fact, Jace Frost and it was his burner account. And then you decided to just take it in a completely different direction <laughs> and argue an insanity defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the jury 
never rendered a verdict. That was for the listener to decide. We leave it up to you guys. Yeah, it was a blast. I love the trial of Derek Carr. So that's our first five. So starting the second half uh, for number six, I am going to stick with the Raiders and go with the roast of John Gruden. <laughs> because <laughs> as fun as the as the Carr one was, it was also a lot of theater. And the Gruden one was just straight up savagery. I mean, it was just us going over every aspect of this idiot's football career and and how he lucked out, how he faced his old team that was using all of his old plays without their center in the Super Bowl, and just everything that has led to John Gruden being who he is today. And I just really enjoyed the uh, the draft failures of the Raiders, and and I really you know toasting the Raiders is easy and fun, and I think that's right in line with uh, our our wheelhouse, what we do great. So that was loved the Gruden roast, and then for number seven. I'm going to go with when we came up with the concept of the birds of war and when we, when we introduced to the, to the pod, it's just been, it's been such a rallying cry for our listeners and for Twitter. And, you know, when I met up with uh, our listener, true green thumb the other day, and I was walking up to his house to hand deliver the shirt, I yelled over the fence and he knew immediately who was at the door. Like it just was very, you know, it, it, brings us together. And I, I love to be able to shout out all of our great, great, great listeners and Twitter followers and recognize them as the awesome birds of war that they are because they make the show without them, we wouldn't be doing this. So uh, I just love, I love that we came up with a way to give them some love. Those are great picks. And I'm going to go with, this is number seven, eight. number eight, eight. You've and got nine. eight and nine. Eight and nine. So I got to be judicious about this. I'm going right. to go with a specific bird of war. And that's our man PKS, Polish Chiefs fan. Ka-ka! This was very on in, early on in the history third. of the podcast, the third episode of the podcast. And we, of course, and we still are very plugged into how many listens we get and where those listeners come from. But when we first started the podcast, this was all very new to us. And so, of course, every week we'd be checking the geography, like who was listening to the pod, where in the world. And of course it was a lot of people in and around Kansas city. That's still the bulk of our audience, but we have a surprisingly large contingent of national and international listeners. And Mm -hmm. I believe PKS has the distinction of being our first confirmed international listener, not counting Canada. Cause I think we did have some Canadian listeners early on, but when we saw that we had a listener in Poland, it was a revelation to us. And not only did we have one, but at the time we didn't really understand how these ranking emails worked. So we got like an email that said, you're like the number four football podcast in the country of Poland. And so of course this was a, this was the inspiration for an entire episode, the third episode of the podcast, which was the gang invades Poland. And we were behind two podcasts that were actually about soccer that, you know, is called football in other countries and around the NFL, which of course is a hugely successful sanctioned podcast. So we actually got some retweets from the around the NFL guys, because we of course, you know, took some shots at them in jest in good faith, the late great Chris Wessling, I know retweeted your, your tweet and kind of gave us some love on Twitter. He's sorely missed in, uh, in the NFL media space, but it was just a, um, it was such a, it was such a fun, 
moment for us creating a new podcast uh, to have an international listener and somebody that still regularly interacts with us on Twitter, sends us questions. We love having uh, international listeners. I know we've got several out there and uh, we just really appreciate you guys. So uh, if, if I may, here are our top 10 countries that have listened to the show of all time. Oh, yes, please do. The United States, number one. What a shocker. Canada, number two. United Kingdom, number three. Poland, number four. <laughs> oh, 132 yeah. downloads of the of the show. And we're only on episode number 69. So someone else out there other than PKS in now, Poland. Now, PKS needs to fill us in on who else he's gotten to listen to the podcast. He, tells, he says he tells his friends. So... Number five, Mexico. Number six, Australia. Number seven, France. Number eight, New Zealand. Number nine, India. Number 10, Germany. Okay, so I have to make a personal appeal here on the show because all of those countries after Poland, I did not know that we had any listeners in any of those countries. And I'm hugely intrigued by all of these listeners. And I want to meet all of you. And I want you guys to tweet at us and tell us if you're listening from especially New Zealand, one of my favorite countries, Australia. You know, Germany, I love all of these places. Uh-huh. What were the other ones on the list? France, India, them. Mexico. France, okay. India, yes. France, I like, okay. <laughs> I like I like India as well. I like I like France. I have not had the pleasure of visiting India. I enjoy Mexico. What were the other ones? Uh that's so we had US, Canada, United Kingdom. We have a lot of we have four hundred downloads in United Kingdom. So we do have a pretty good little contingent over there. And then Poland, Mexico, Australia, France, New Zealand, India, Germany. That's the top 10. We have a smattering of listens from crazy Ireland, South Korea, Brazil, Italy, Sweden, South Africa, Turkey. I mean, it's, we've gotten downloads from all over the place, all six continents. I guess we don't have a Antarctica listener, Mm, but, uh, but we have, I mean, just a crazy number of, uh, of global, random countries that are like oh yeah let's check out because it's probably expats it's probably chiefs fans that are out there that they only get their content from the internet because they have no local news coverage and and you know so i mean they're going to look at their podcast app and if there's anything talking about the chiefs they're going to want to listen and so we appreciate all you guys anybody that's out there um outside the united states that's listening to us give us a shout on twitter we would really really love it you know uh we would and part of the reason that you know this became such a phenomenon specifically with Poland and our man PKS is because he outed himself. He, he, he came out and said, Hey, I'm your Polish listener. Yeah. Cause we asked and, and we asked and we got to celebrate him personally. And I want to celebrate all of our Australian, German, Indian, Mexican, New Zealand, <laughs> Kiwi listeners. I love all you guys. Please tell me who you are so that I can follow you back and we could talk about your cool countries on the air. That leaves me with my last pick, which is number nine. I mean, I can't believe this is still on the board, but obviously the Super Bowl recap was pretty cool of Super Bowl 54. Yep. So we obviously started this podcast after the Chiefs had already won the Super Bowl. We're total front runners in that regard. We we won the Super Bowl and then we kind of said, hey, it would be fun to do a podcast. And so the first season of this show the meat of a lot of these episodes was recapping game by game the 2020 season, which culminated with the Chiefs winning, or excuse me, the 2019 season, which culminated in them winning the 2020 Super Bowl. (laughs) Come on. So that was an amazing episode. It was one of the longest episodes we've ever done, but just to go back and relive that game in all its majesty from start to finish, after we had kind of relived the entire season, blow by blow. I mean, what a roller coaster of a season, what a roller coaster of a game. And, 
you know, ultimately it, we've always been Chiefs fans. We love the Chiefs. We've always been passionate about the Chiefs, but it really, you know, it was the perfect time to launch this podcast. It is always sunny in Chiefs kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's got to be my pick. Yeah, I love it. I love it. The The Super Bowl recap was a blast and it, it was just, um, it, it was so raw for us. Like we were just going over all of our emotions back when we were going through it. We did our drive literally like a play-by-play of the Super Bowl. I mean, it was a blast. And so then for number 10, um, I've really enjoyed the aspect of the show that was when we were going live during the 2021 or 2020 season, like once that season started and we were doing shows every week after we had just done 30 or so shows before the season started. And then we actually got to like kick off and, and do shows. And that kind of why I introduced that is because I loved our emergency pods, the Mahomes extension and winning the AFC the second time was just a thrill how you and I would talk about like, if something big was going to happen, like, Oh, I guess we got to go record a quick, uh, go, go record a quick episode. So people will are, you know, they know what we're thinking and stuff like it just, it made me kind of, you know, transport to someone that actually is doing this for a living, which I'm not, but like, it made me feel like that. And uh, that was great. I love the emergency pods. I love, love being able to jump on and geek out about the mega contract extension and the chiefs beating the bills. Those were fantastic. Yeah, speaking of the mega contract extension, this is probably a good opportunity for us to tease our guest for next week. Yeah. It's going to be Katie Camlin. That's right. The insider who reported the Patrick Mahomes extension. And as I'm sure you'll hear numerous times when we go over this next week, when we relive the one-year anniversary of Katie breaking the biggest story to happen to the Chiefs since they won the Super Bowl, (laughs) Patrick Mahomes signing his 10-year extension for half a billion dollars you of course are going to hear about Taylor and I's role in it. You know, I retweeted that tweet. I was the first one to pop a retweet on it. And then you fucking made her delete it. (laughs) So we're going to, we're going to give her a hard time about that probably, but that's going to be fun to hear her kind of share her memories of that day and just kind of take us back through that. So stay tuned for that next week. That's going to be, that's going to be fun. That's going to do it for our draft. That's going to do it for the nicest episode of this podcast so far. Episode number 69. It's always sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. Is it, is it safe? Are we, I think we're clear. I think all the kids have gone to bed. Are we if, back if they haven't, if, if you let your kids listen to the show, which is insane, please don't let them listen to the following. Yeah, you probably shouldn't let your kids listen to this show. We need that little E next to our name. E is for everyone, podcast. right? E is for oh, everyone. Explicit. Right. Explicit. 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 It's for explicit. Explicit. Yeah. Explicit. explicit. Episode 69, Taylor. Yeah, we, uh, we would be remiss if we did not give a warm, heartfelt, special shout out to... Very close bird of war, Peter Weigolf, Peter Yadrich. Original listener and bird of war.
Yeah. Yeah. Peter's one of our, our biggest supporters and always cracks us up and always has, you know, great mailbag questions and stuff. And he reached out to me a couple weeks ago and he gave me this story that I thought was very fitting for episode 69 because Peter's been counting down to episode 69 since episode one. Basically he, on like, on like the first couple episodes, he goes, okay, only 64 more to go. And I, and so it's been a, it's been a you know, gag and yeah. Rob Gronkowski thinks he's the king of 69. He's not. He's not. Peter yet. It's absolutely Peter. So Peter said that he plays this game, Path of Exile, and in that game you form up with your, you know, your clan mates and stuff. And one of their clan mates was having a, a rough time. So Peter and his eleven clan mates decided to all change their names to talk about their clan members' gigantic penis. That was they all have um, names that are are like that. And he wanted us to go over the names and, and he gave me the list of 12. So I'm just going to go ahead and go through these names. We'll chuckle about them and then we'll wrap up the episode. Now, before we do that, I, I want to, I just want to say to Peter that, that this uh, struck a chord with me because it reminded me of the time that we went and did game of Thrones uh, trivia for geeks who drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, we became very quickly frustrated by the fact that that quiz, like Sucks. all of their themed quizzes was impossible. Yeah. You know, we, we had read the books or at least you had read the books and we had seen yeah. all of the episodes of the show several times. Yeah. And so by the time we got around to the eighth round, <laughs> all of our answers were uh, Dick on uh, <laughs> puns. Uh, so obviously Dick on a character in game of Thrones. And so we were, you know, we had a Dothraki question about some random call that's named like one time. And so we answered call Dick on and uh, just was plugging that in for every single answer. And obviously we got all of them wrong and uh, never laughed was, as hard in my whole life, but it was very funny. And uh, you know, it was a good way to stick it to the uh, questioner and the person that came up with those questions. So Peter, a man after my own heart. Let's hear these names. So these names are Fat Fucking Cock. Very classic. Oh, you know, yeah, it's very uh, George yeah. Carlin. I mean, you know. Yeah, all right, sure. Um, I ranked these by my least favorite to my favorite. So hopefully they get a little bit better as we go down. The second one is Ballast Phallus. Oh, I like that one. That, yeah. one's, that one's your you, your second at the bottom. Well, I don't know. It just didn't really do a lot for me, but I guess you like well, it Well, but what is the ballast coming from? Like, is this is this related to the character? Like, is this character like an airship pilot, for example? <laughs> well, if he was. Because a ballast, a ballast phallus like that, to me, conjures up uh, uh, an image of a mighty sky zeppelin of course flying phallically, phallically across the sky. I like it. Okay, so the next one is Wang set to, to Wumbo. Which I guess Wumbo, I don't really think I get that reference, but the Wang is set to Wumbo. I'm sure they get it and love it, but that was my, uh, (laughs) the next one is his sturdy stallion. Pretty, pretty classic. You know, you can get away with saying sturdy stallion in the classroom or something. That's, uh, that's good. Yeah. 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 Uh, The next one is five alarm fire hose. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Very good. good. Uh, His virile vanquisher. Hmm, that's pretty good. Very alliterative. Alliterative, yeah, that's very good. And alliterative with V's, it, yeah, it sort of V-Rile. conjures up that uh, that great scene at the beginning of V for Vendetta, where he gives Ooh, like the whole all the V words with all the V words, like literally every V word, yes, in the English ever. language, and some that I think weren't actual words. Yeah, it's a yeah, great, right. great speech. Exactly. Sure. Uh, his wondrous wanker, which I probably should have put V Vanquisher above that because that's just a less maybe yeah, uh, sophisticated Vero, version. Yeah, yeah, right. That's you got to get your source out for that one. So yeah, his King Kong schlong. That's classic. Yep. Macho meat missile. I love macho meat missile. Uh, big boy, baby maker, 
jumbo beef baton. I like <laughs> baton. Baton's a very good use. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And finally, his cockle do your boo. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I I don't know that I necessarily agree with your ordering here. Sure. Like if I had to it pick was a quick one. Ordering. <laughs> yeah, sure. Of course. I understand you, you got to have some kind of rubric for how you rank these. Mm-hmm. I think I would give the number one spot to King Kong schlong. I really one. like that. It's, really it's alliterative. One. It rhymes. And I like schlong is a funny word. Yes. It makes me chuckle. A Vera Alvanquisher top three for me, because <laughs> yeah. again, just, uh, yeah. you know, as, as a, proponent of the english language i just um i like the alliteration there and i like five alarm fire hose that's yeah that's good that that takes some uh it takes a little bit of thought to get there you know you're thinking okay yeah sure i'm just thinking of a big old hose but but ballast phallus for me yeah that's 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 up there as well appreciate you peter